Chapter 1. I'm falling. It's just a few seconds, but it feels longer. The descent is far from graceful, but I hit the floor rolling, jumping to my feet and opening my eyes. There's not much to see. Blank, light-gray walls stretch out on either side of me, with a floor and ceiling to match. The floor is frigid under my feet, and I look down to see that I'm dressed in a snug black leotard. Of course, it's only once I realize what I'm wearing that I register how the thing chafes in all the wrong places. I shift my muscled adolescent frame, adjusting where the fabric settles by pulling on the boxer-length legs. It doesn't help. It's the strange sensation in my gut that really bothers me anyway. I don't call out into the empty room. Somehow I know that no one would hear. Instead, I take another cursory glance around the bland room and step forward, narrowly avoiding decapitation as a giant, gleaming blade springs from the right wall for my neck. I drop instinctively, my heartbeat heightened but in check. I'm not surprised. Why am I not surprised? As the entire room opens up to spew assorted death at me from all sides, a face flashes through my memory. It's a kind face, and, even with flames, spikes, and acid searching toward me, I understand that it's the most beautiful face I've ever seen. A faint beard lines its jaw, creased in a comforting smile, and its dark brown eyes are affectionate. The word jagged comes to mind as I study the face's features. Even the hair is short and spiked. I feel that may be because of me. I'm drawn to the face, as though it can answer the torrent of questions swarming in my mind. Who am I? Where do I come from? Why am I here? But the face knows just what to say. You've got this, Claire. His smile widens. Piece of cake. I'm eager to hold him close and inhale his oddly familiar scent. Then he's gone, and I'm left alone in my room, a thousand forms of death reaching out to tear me apart. All of my questions are pushed aside as my muscles coil for action. A name. I have a name. Claire. That's enough for now. Calmly, I look up, striking at the flat blade overhead. I know precisely where and how hard to hit it. The heel of my palm connects in the middle where the blade is thinned for guillotine-like efficiency. There's a loud, shrieking crack as it snaps in two. Pain shoots up my arm, but I shunt it aside. Pain is not the enemy. Death is. I leap back from a plume of acid, distantly watching it melt through the floor. But my attention is elsewhere. A large, square piece of fabric drops from the ceiling, its glistening surface eager to shrink-wrap around me for a quick, agonizing suffocation. Ducking under a stray, poison-filled dart, I watch the broken blade connect with the net in midair. The slim lower section of the blade is instantly coated in the fabric, its atom-sliced edge not even making the slightest tear. Content that the meter-long blade cannot overpower the tensile strength of the net, I leap after it, grabbing the coated end as two wall panels shoot out from either side to meet with crushing force in the spot where I just stood. I land with my back against the rear wall of the room, watching as every lethal contraption turns my way like a pack of hungry predators. I heft my massive weapon, spinning it in front of me to deflect another dart. There's no pride or cockiness. I simply scan the room and know exactly how to reach the other end. It's not a question of what I gain by overcoming this challenge. It just has to be done. I inhale slowly, relaxing to that single thought. Piece of cake. My makeshift sword whirls around me as I leap into the chaos, slashing at projectiles and clanging against other sweeping blades. 
It's light for its size, aluminum, coated in a high-density polymer to allow for more efficient cleaving. However, I soon discover that I'm not much heavier as I'm forced to treat the weapon like a lead-footed dance partner. Still, this works to my advantage when I need to adjust course mid-air. I swing myself around the blade to avoid incoming sprays of acid or duck beneath it when a net is shot my way. By the time I've reached the midway point, I'm not sure if I'm wielding the blade or if it's wielding me. I change course as a wall of fire blocks the right side of the room. Even before I hear the faint clunk overhead, I know I've made a mistake. Pain jolts through my shoulder, and I swing my sword around to yank me away from a large black box that slams into the floor behind me. Gritting my teeth, I switch the full weight of my sword to my left hand. My right shoulder's dislocated. It would only slow me down. I tuck my useless arm against my side, vaulting the last few meters to the far end of the room and spinning to face any oncoming attacks. There are none.